from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. You're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It's good to be with you on this. Uh, you have no idea what time of day it is. I don't. Yeah, you don't care. Yeah, you know, I, I assume you're listening to this on the podcast on a long drive, and you thought yeah. to yourself, you know what? I'm going to plow through six episodes of Life from the Path all at once, <laughs> and then get it over with, so I don't have to feel guilty about this. And frankly, that's how I do it. I save it up for vacations. I don't listen to the show all year. And then I fire it up when we go out of town, and then my family hates I was going to say, that. what does your family do? They just put their headphones on? and. Well, one of my kids thinks we're funny. Oh. The other one could care less, and my wife, uh, her eyes roll quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe you would have said something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think my wife to... said, do you, still, you guys still do that? <laughs> where, do you, where do you go, Dad? Where are you going on Monday night? <laughs> <laughs> I got stuff. <laughs> I do things. <laughs> Good friends. Uh, okay, so here's what we got going on the show uh, this week. By the way, uh, just I want to say thank you to you folks that listened to the show last week. I, I got a lot of good feedback from one person uh, about the show, and so uh, thank you to that uh, lone person. Wait a minute, was it was it uh, negative feedback? No, no, it was good. They enjoyed it. Well, for every one person who uh, listens, I think there's three others who might. Yeah, I think that I think that bails out because I was the one person. <laughs> I thought it went well. <laughs> this is terrific. And I went ahead and typed something up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice job, boys. Five uh, stars. Here's what we got going on the show uh, on the show this week. So lots of cool stuff going on. So last week we teased. There was an article from I mean like a legit place um, about the web telescope like that's that's taken all these really awesome pictures yeah. uh, farther into space than we've ever seen. And uh, there's, they're learning things that are then causing scientists who were like all in on Big Bang yeah. to go, this doesn't quite match. This can't be. This, this doesn't quite match. My beliefs cannot be true. Uh, yeah, like it's not, it's not lining up. Which like, so let's get to that. There's a, I'm, that shouldn't be a surprise. And some, some scientists would react differently to that information than, than others. Um, but I, it was interesting. It was interesting, and I think it teaches us a, a right a right lesson about uh, humility on all sides. So um, we're going to talk about that. Also, uh, Todd Gordon is in the studio. You have not met. Well, maybe you have. Todd 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 gets around town. He's around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Football fields, gas stations, things of this nature. Uh, so I, I am a I'm a big fan of Todd Gordon. Uh, we, we we know each other from from church, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he's just a super interesting dude. And he's um, he he had posted some stuff on on Facebook about a, tra- a career transition, uh, and and it was it felt like a like a point in time of which this is the this is the point to extract his wisdom <laughs> onto the world. And so um, he <laughs> onto that one person. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, and I, I don't want to give away all all his secrets, but. Um, so, so Todd has a background in Todd has a background in um uh, it, well I, I don't want to quite say school administration that's not quite right is it just say education education yeah, okay right. um and, and so um not, not only I think it will be interesting to talk to him as he kind of moves into a, a a different area of focus in his life on like looking back on that and and some of the wisdom in working in education, um, with students, with administration, with teachers and stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in there, but also kind of the intersection of 
um, I don't know, like it's it's kind of um, tropish or easy to go, oh, it's uh, those school systems uh, or look at all the activities kids are in or that how parents react in activities. Um, and it's it's a bit of a bogeyman. But like like so how does Todd, who's navigated some of these things in his career, um, been been a leader in some of these areas, um, dealt with all the all the different parties in these things? How does he look at that? Um, mm-hmm. Look at these areas um, in, in ways what ways are uh, bring hope? Um, and what ways are like rightful cautions on how we think about those things and, and the environments and the people? So um, we'll explore some of that with Todd. Plus, he's got um, I'd like him to share some of the the what he's doing now and um, and ways that you can hear more from him. He's got a couple podcasts out there. And so anyway, uh, Todd, thanks for joining us. Yeah, today. pleasure to be here. And uh, and given given his background in education, uh, I expect Todd to do awesome on a I mean, it's probably been months, months since we've done Secular versus Solomon. I, almost a year, I'd guess. Yeah. So, Mike, have you been preparing? You've been reading the Proverbs? I've been reading the Seculars. <laughs> You've been catching up on secular wisdom. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what is not from the Bible. <laughs> uh, so if you're if you're new to the show and, and haven't actually caught one of these, uh, the goal of secular versus Solomon is to try to figure out where wisdom is coming from. Sometimes we say something that we thought we said. Well, the Lord said, and really it was like Ben Franklin. And so uh, we want to do two things. We want to we'll be able to pick out like where's our wisdom coming from. One is it really wise, and two is it is it something that God is saying? Does it match up with something um, that God is saying, or is it something that like we may find? wise but we shouldn't put the force of scripture behind and then where it's not where it's not biblical wisdom like where's this coming from who's perpetuating this out into the world so we can you know figure out uh where we might be being led astray franklin that's how i think about it yeah okay yeah. and then we'll, we'll do some advice on dear life from the path and uh yeah i think that's the goal for today so let, let's the first thing i want to do is i want to touch up on this uh on this article with the with the web telescope okay so now shoot i've lost it how long, how, how long ago did I send it? Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Mike, hold, Mike, hold on. Mike, me and Mike are going to talk about a small technical item. We don't record over there. It's no problem. It's not working. No, no. It's, I'm very worried about it. No, no. It's, it's just perfectly <laughs> the fine. The Big Bang happened. No. <laughs> Um, so this was on, uh, this was from uh, a website called mindmatters.ai. And um, is that a legit uh, web domain, AI? Yeah. What's that mean? Yeah. Oh, well, artificial intelligence is what the AI is for. And you get to pick? Like, do you get to decide whether you're a .com? Or yeah, we a, could totally be live from the path.ai. Yeah. I don't think anybody would buy the iPod. I don't think we're artificial, though. No. no. Whoa, Dan. We're, we're neither one, apparently. Neither <laughs> <laughs> letter makes the cut. <laughs> we need uh, live from the path dot dummy. <laughs> I'll check and see what's out there. Actually, I wonder if you can buy the dot gov. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it would. <laughs> okay, so the, uh, the, the title of the article is James Webb Space Telescope Shows Big Bang Didn't Happen? Question mark? Wait. Mm. Uh, the unexpected new data coming back from the telescope uh, are inspiring panic among astronomers. Um, so here's the here's kind of the, the, the lead quote. To everyone who sees them, the new James Webb Space Telescope images of the cosmos are beautifully awe-inspiring. But to most professional astronomers and cosmologists, they're also extremely surprising. Not at all what was predicted by theory. In the flood of technical astronomical powers published on, uh, sorry, papers, excuse me, published online since July 12th, the authors report again and again that the images show surprisingly many galaxies, galaxies that are surprisingly smooth, surprisingly small, and surprisingly old. Lots of surprises. <laughs> Maybe a thesaurus could be used for this article. And not necessarily pleasant ones. One paper's title begins with the candid exclamation, panic, 
Exclamation point. Why do the JWST's images inspire panic among cosmologists, and what theories' predictions are they contradicting? The papers don't actually say. The truth that these papers don't report is that the hypothesis that the images are blatantly and repeatedly contradicting is the Big Bang hypothesis that the universe began 14 billion years ago in an incredibly hot, dense state and has been expanding ever since. Since that hypothesis has been defended for decades as unquestionable truth by the vast majority of cosmological theorists, the new data is causing these theorists to panic. Right now, I find myself lying awake at 3 in the morning, says Allison Kirkpatrick, an astronomer at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, and wondering if everything I've done is wrong. Uh, update, Kirkpatrick has protested learner's handling of this quotation. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. So, um, I mean, there's a, there's, a long, there's a long article there, but like um, – and, there, and he'll provide some kind of justifications as to why they're getting there. But, like, one of the things I felt um, – I, I thought was super interesting about this article, and I think in our th- – there's always felt like there's been a contention between um, c- kind of a faith perspective and a scientific perspective. And a lot of that was really unnecessary. Like, like it was a blending of um, – of, views of worlds that either didn't have to be contentious or were intentionally trying to manipulate each other because we wanted a finger point like um you know don't don't tell me uh what happened or what you see demonstrated in the natural world i know that god did this and i'm against that um whereas i mean like there's there's certainly a path to go look god will do what he wants it's not like he can't make if he he wanted to make a world that looked like it's been around for billions of years he totally could right um I think there's room in the face spectrum to go, look, nobody was there. Um, it's, Genesis is uh, maybe nebulous on whether it's trying to be history or whether it's trying to tell you a, something that is true, but through you know, pictures or a mix of, of, of poetry and, 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 those t- and, uh, and fact and those type of things. Um, and again, God can do as he pleases. Might be, there might be a path for that. Um, but what was but I think where some of the critiques landed well um, from the faith side, is is the places where science, at least some of these studies, transition into what was a pseudo faith, is to say that things that we can't touch, taste, smell, um, we've come to believe in so fervently that that we were willingly blind to other things that may that may be true, um, and and that was it was interesting because science as a as a study. Um, isn't actually restricted that that way philosophically. It's people's interaction with it that mm-hmm. does that, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing about science. In fact, most like in its healthiest state, science would go, "Well, hot dang, that doesn't match what we thought at all." More information. That's right. It yeah. shouldn't be a panic. It should be a, well, okay then. Now we've got more to work with. More let's, data. Let's let's the dice and and see what we can we can go on the other side. But it became pseudo religious in in a defense against sometimes. The notion of a, of a god that like this thing had to be true in this way so that I can exclude this view of the world that like it actually upends someone in the same way I would be upended if they said look we found Jesus's body mm. like it's that type of thing and so I you know I, I don't know fellas like that was kind of my reaction to it was um, there was some validation in the risks of um, s- the study of the world as a religion um, and so there's some validation of that, but then, like, it also I think starts to, if we think about this well, it puts science in in the within its proper bounds, which is human perception of the world around us, and our attempt to understand that 
some in some ways through what we can see, touch, feel, smell, and in some ways of which the things, the knowledge or wisdom or perspectives that have been passed on to us over time, and that probably gets you a more full crack of it um, than you know maybe even limited to what we can take in. So I don't know if you guys read it, if you had any 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 reactions to it. I, I remember in in school as a student um, going through these. Uh, what do you call them, not chapters or the periods, uh, sections, whatever, of, of the science, and and thinking to myself, I, I, maybe God used the Big Bang. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't, like, against Big Bang. Right. But but when they would start forcing it as fact, I would think, well, I, 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 I'll, if, I'm, if, if I have to choose, I'm going to go with the God story. Right, 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 right. You, you know, so then you guys lose, and he wins. He's been around longer than all of <laughs> you. You lose. So. Yeah. <laughs> But but I, in in my mind, I kind of just w- would kind of sit back and think I can, I don't I don't know how he did it. I mean, I wasn't there. Right. You know, right. So yeah, maybe he used to be bang. Okay, I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, maybe he just said bang, and and it all is as we see it. I, I was good I, either way. You kind of you know. figure that that's what a result of a god interacting into a voidless world would look like. It would look like a big bang, right? You're like things were this, and now they're crazy different. <laughs> just like that, right? <laughs> they're yeah. solar systems. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it was like I've done the same thing. Like I've had this discussion in youth group, you know, where I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what when the hand of God shows up into a world, like there's going to be matter and effect on the world. And if that's what the Big Bang is, I, I got no problem here. It's just same like like this article would come out, and I'm like, I got no problem with this either. Like none of yeah. this is shaking me any direction. Yeah. Uh, and the <clears throat> thing is, 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 is that's the thing with worshiping science is uh, it changes. Every discipline yeah. of science does this about every 50 years. Right, we we've talked about in the past, like the some of the stuff that came out of the 1950s when uh, referring to psychology. That's like, look, don't don't be hugging your kids and getting them all dependent on your love. They need to be independent, right, right. functioning <laughs> children. And if you pamper them like that, they're going to end up being invalid losers, you know. And like legit pamphlets coming out of the U.S. whatever uh, psychiatric association, psych- whatever it psychiatric was, psychiatric yeah. association from the 1950s, right? And like we can look back, and then 50 years from then, we're like. No, no, no! You can't do it. You got to love Jeffrey them. Dahmer came from. Yeah, you got to support everything they do, even if it's terrible. You know, and so like, and maybe we've gone too far one direction. But like, uh, overall, science always does this. Yeah. Right. Like, like when they they discovered uranium, and they're like, this will change the world until it killed a bunch of people. They're like, oh, it turns out you can't like hold it, and, you know, put it in stoves along with asbestos and lead. You know, like so science is like we're always right. like we took we're every generation or every day is a fresh day for for people to go and this is people in general to go we've got it all figured out there's nothing more to be known right right, right. and so yeah. like if you can put humanity on the same time clock as you do like a, a a child growing up at 3 years old dora is the coolest thing ever and you're like nothing is cooler than dora and they will sit there and watch it if you let them 12 hours a day only to find out by the time they're 7 finger paints are the coolest thing ever you know <laughs> and so as they get older and they get more facts and they get more context uh Things start changing in the way that you view the world. And as a world, we're infants. We're going to be on milk forever until the Lord shows up with meat. (laughs) It shows you how uh, powerful peer pressure is, though, because, you know, scientists that go by consensus. And if all the cool kids are saying there's Big Bang, then you have to say there's Big Bang, whether you, you know, you 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 just make the data say that because, well, that's what all the cool kids say. 
and because they're smart people, they're, you know, they're not dumb. Oh no, you're right. I mean, yeah, but but they and forget neither sometimes. is a five year old watching Dora. Well, but they're yeah, dealing yeah. with the facts that they have, and they're like, "This is going to be the end." Yeah. Right. <laughs> but they'll get blind by, by the the consensus, and, and so yeah, now they're in shock, going, "I don't know what to do with this information that seems to contradict what consensus has been." Uh, we've got to come up with a new consensus, you know. And to them, it shouldn't point, uh, you know, in their line of thinking, it doesn't point to a deity. It doesn't point. It just it means that there it should be exciting. Yeah, like you like, said, it should yep, be like, like all the things. Fantastic. You find out that you've been rowing the boat in the wrong direction for 50 years. You're like, I'm going to look like the biggest turd. <laughs> you know, like people have been putting out articles and, and putting their, their degrees on it. And they're like, this is the thing. And we've been expounding upon it. It turns out the foundation you built it on was going north and you were supposed to be going south, you know? Right. Which is, which, you know, it, it's it's where the caution came from and like not to kick a pig on fire, but like, you know, with, with some of the reactions to, to to COVID or, you know, just like yeah. anytime, anytime we go, hey, Why man, let's you kick a pig on fire. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was watching. To get it away that. from you or to try to put it out. Get or... it back up into the barbecue pit. You yeah. get into the bacon. How yeah, dare like... you leave? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Todd. You were supposed to make sure this pig was dead. <laughs> Things must be persuaded. <laughs> and so, but, you know, like, like it, it's just there's a. There's a caution in it when when a man looks out at the world in general and goes, I've got this thing figured out. Mm. Like when a man does not have a sense of his own humility, of his own smallness in like how capable they are of taking the whole world in, how many things I can understand at one time, how many perspectives I can handle or properly take in to shape and mold what I say and how I say it, like where you lack where there's where there's a an, there's an arrogance to it but it's not it doesn't mean it's ill-intended it's just like a, a lack of recognition of of how how small we are and it's yeah. not it's not intended to to make you feel like crappy but it's just a recognition of like really you've got the whole thing figured out and like i get it we're, we're we, it's okay to be imperfect people doing the best with the imperfect things our limited abilities i think that's okay but we do need to say that like we think based upon this much information as far as my nose can smell i think there's a fire whereas i might find out that my wife bought you know sp- like smoke scented oven mitts and i'm like well hot dang i had no idea <laughs> I <didn't see> that <laughs> one <Yeah. laughs> why would you do that but okay <laughs> and I mean, so yeah go ahead i was say i don't care who you are you're all, at the most a few decades old <laughs> right right <laughs> i mean you, you don't have it figured out mm-hmm. and, and, and i know you're building on previous information but I, you, you know we're we're trusting that information Right. From people who were only a few decades old. Right. And there's biblical examples of this, right? Yeah. Like Paul had a thing, and he's like, I'm going to Asia. <laughs> and then he gets there, and, and God goes, you're not going to Asia. And you're like, oh, right on. <laughs> right? That's humility. That's that's a humbleness that goes, are you sure? I want to go to Asia. I'm, right. I'm dead set you had me going to Asia. And Paul goes, well, turns out I'm not going to Asia. And then you turn around <laughs> and go, you know? Well, and, and think of how many things. So so that there, there's one side. I think that humility picture paints well. Like, this is not a... Uh, I, I wouldn't th- – we walk away with this wrongly, and I'm saying this to you, Christian, if you're real excited about it, like, ha-ha, screw you, scientists. That's wrong. That's not how you should be right, taking this. Right. This is a humility question of recognizing our humanity and the limits of it, which I think does – if I were to take that same lesson then and put it back um, from someone who says, look, I, I love and follow Jesus, I want you to think about – think of the things of which we feel like we're trying to correct from a church perspective from 20 years ago. 
And what that church, what those folks were trying to correct from where they feel like the church overcranked 20 years before that. And and frankly, my kids are going to look back at the stuff that I found I was real jazzed about and said, look, we need to get this. We're going to reform and get this right this time. And they're going to go. Look, you overcooked a fish on that one, Dad, and so we're gonna we're gonna bring it back around. Um, and we should be glad for the continual refining that God's people are under the leading of the Spirit. That says, look, we we, we God pointed us in the right direction, and we took we we kind of humaned it up a bit. We ran with it, and we said we will never fall for this again, and then we overturned. And so, like, you know, the broad notion is that like we should walk humbly. <laughs> We need to walk humbly with our God, recognize the limits of our human existence, praise God for the delta between us and whatever he's got going on. Um, and then and then that what that keeps us doing is putting our foot in our mouth. What it keeps us from doing is like trying to say, God will handle the rest of these things, but I'll handle this one. Like just think of all the things where like this is the big one that's real obvious. Maybe, hey, maybe we got the big bang wrong. But like how many minor things am I asserting Lacking humility, with some level of arrogance, not ill intent, um, which which then causes people to think differently about my belief system because I overcranked on the bounds of the thing that was been presented to me. I overstepped, and like I think of that when you you talk about some of the forcefulness of Turner Burn folk, or you know, like some of the stuff. Like as we learn more about some parts of the Greek language, and, well, think of the think think of the. The nuances and some of the revelatory stuff we got from, um, you know, finding the finding the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? We we learned a lot. Our translation started to shift and change a little bit. Nothing crazy, but like some of the some of the depth of some of these things started to come out. Mm-hmm. And like, great, that's awesome. The guy before us, well, it didn't suck. This is just we got we refined. And so anyway, I, I think um, I think the call to humility here is a right one and this isn't this isn't just like hey I'm glad to see scientists humble I I think science is awesome I think it reveals good things that God has done and we should delight in that and we should be excited for every time we get something wrong cuz we got a path for look like maybe we're closer mm-hmm. again it's a depth it's a depth thing it's not a different thing it's like okay well we know it differently and deeper so you know some people get super cranked up about that and you you think like God hasn't reinst- reinstituted the tower of babel you know what I'm saying? Like, he made a move when he said, look, this is going to get out of hand. You're going to destroy yourselves. I'm going to have to step in and do something. Right? Like, uh, he has not felt the same fear or pressure from whatever the scientific community is coming up with, right? right. To go, I'm going to have to spread these fellows out. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> They're getting too small. You, you know, and so, like, it, it, it is a little bit of arrogance on, on, on Christian's part where we're like, the boson or whatever is a tool of the devil. We're like, what's we a tool of the devil? It's a boson. It's cool. You know, they're making a thing. Are you and talking about that that uh, collider thing? Yeah, the Higgs boson collider. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. thing. It's, I mean, that's boss. That's a whiz bang amount of power. I mean, here's the thing: they're coming up with cool stuff, and like, uh, and, and and like, I don't see God tower of Babel and that thing apart, blowing it up and saying, no, this can't be. Right. T-. So who are you to stand on a street corner and go, all of this is a tool of the devil? <laughs> you know, like it's God's good world. He'll handle that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so like. Because it's just as easy it is to crank on the the science community that obviously thinks we're crazy. You know, we don't help by fueling the fire by sounding like a bunch of crackpot conspiracy theorists. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, like I'm afraid that the Higgs boson is going to tear down my, my faith in the Lord. I don't care about that Higgs boson. Right. I'm kind of excited to see what they do. The particle goes so fast that, like, so all of a sudden three angels are exposed. Yeah. Living in Utah. <laughs> Still in the fire. 
<laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's a good point, right? Like it's not like God couldn't have laser beamed the, the International Space Station. He don't care. <laughs> he don't care. So anyway, I thought it was a cool article to be honest, because yeah. uh, like it's super interesting. Like the limits, like as as humans expand our ability to look farther, we come more and more to the conclusion that like, boy, we just didn't have a. We did our best, yeah. but uh, we don't know. We didn't know. What a cool place to be, I man. I mean, who doesn't feel like that after they've raised some kids? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, go leave your house, and you're like, we did the best we could. I don't know. I don't know. I think we had, we did the best with the information we had. <laughs> yep. And that one's weird, but I mean, I love them. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. All right. Anyway, maybe Thanks, you got, if you got thoughts or questions on that, shoot us a... Uh, Shoot us a text or uh, or an email five one or five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's a live from the path uh, complaint line. Maybe you're afraid of the Higgs boson. Yeah, and you know, give us a call. I got a T-shirt I can sell you. Maybe we're taking it too lightly. You're like, you don't know that Higgs boson spelled backwards in Greek is Satan on a stick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just I mean, let let me know so I I know how to deal with you if I run into you at the gas station. Uh, but yeah, five uh, five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's uh, live from path. Uh, you can call or text that line, and we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, hey, so let's 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 hear more about uh, let's get to know Todd Gordon. And so, Todd, maybe I'll give you a chance to kind of fly over. Um, okay, the, the, a radio introduction is different than like, hey, I, I met you at some sort of industry event or at the high V or something. Because we, you, are, we are actually already know you. So yeah, it's yeah. That would to ask questions like, "Hey, Todd, we've never met before." Yeah, we totally have. <laughs> yeah, but maybe just just tell tell people uh, a little bit about yourself. So like. Um, you know what? What your because we focus on some of your career stuff, kind of like how you get got started in education, how that trajectory went. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe let's just start there. Sure. Well, I'm a preacher's kid, number one. So I, I grew up loving home, mom and dad, and uh, dad was in the ministry for over sixty years, and finally stopped supply preaching just a couple of years ago at eighty two years old. So oh man. Um, yeah, he um, was still writing sermons. I don't think he's pulling them out of file. You know, I think he was still <laughs> yep. still trying to be relevant at 82 years old. So, nice, nice. Uh, you know, I was blessed uh, with great parents and small community and uh, just a lot of support. So my road to education really is what – it's why I believe what I believe. Um, I was standing in a, a gym hallway waiting for who is now my wife of almost 40 years – uh, she was going to go on break from painting the school. And I'd quit college about six months earlier and and um, was just kind of working a couple jobs. And my hair was really flowing very nicely back in the <laughs> early 80s, down to my shoulders and my scraggly beard, worse than this one. Was it, uh, was it a mullet? Uh, you probably could be considered a mullet more than anything. Yeah, just, but just, just, ch- just trying to get It's a flowing one. mullet, Dan. <laughs> That's what it was. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If I can get Todd Gordon to send me one and you text <laughs> mullet to the Live from the Path complaint line, I'll respond and send you this picture. <laughs> there you go. So I'm standing in that doorway, and, and my high school basketball coach, who next to my dad was the you know second most influential man in my life, is six foot five, played basketball at Kearney State. And uh, came over and poked me in the chest and said, why don't you go do something with your life? And he walked away. <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> I am. And so I, I thought, okay, well, I guess that's what I needed, the prod I needed. Um, and I cut my hair and I shaved up my scraggly beard and I enrolled at Iowa Western Community College, went to Northwest Missouri State and became a teacher and a coach. And uh, That is the coolest story. <laughs> and, you know, the... the 
and then you know 37 years later I, I closed that chapter after several stops and coaching and being an athletic director and activities administrator and um the coolest part of that story is uh, my wife planned a surprise retirement and 60th birthday party for me just this last Saturday. And Coach Gady has been struggling. He's lost 40, 50 pounds, and he's he's got some health issues. And um, it was totally a shock to me to see people that I thought we were meeting about two or three couples. And right. lo and behold, she'd paid other people to come <laughs> try and be my friend. <laughs> but the first person I see when I walk on the corner is Coach Gady. Yeah. Wow. Wow. With a, a cane and just weak and feeble and crying. And uh, that's the first person I hugged. And we hugged for a long time. So, uh-huh. um, what a cool, what a cool deal. Like, I, I think if you were to ask me, hey, do people's words yeah. do that? Yeah. I've, maybe I'm a skeptic on it. You know, like, I just, yeah. in my experience, like, I don't, maybe it's because we come in here and we blow hard and we're like, words don't do anything because we waste them. <laughs> but, like, to, to hear, you know, especially something where, like, he didn't win bag it. <laughs> he just said, hey, man, here's, here's what I saw. And like, why, why don't you go do something? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That is awesome. My, my fear is on our current generation, they just push back. <laughs> I well, mean, maybe, maybe I am. I'm growing well, my hair. I would, yeah. say, I would say yes, and I would, I, would, I would say no, because kids still want relationships yeah. Yeah. now. And we'll yeah. get into that later. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get into why, but... That's why I believe I believe in the power of moments, and you'll hear me say that over and over. And that's what I write about a lot is is moments because moments matter, and kids need to know we care about them, and we can say things to kids. These kids nowadays just it takes a little further to get into them now. Yeah, and might take a little more time, but kids still want relationship, and they still need to have that relationship, not just with their phone. And not with yeah. texting people. They need to talk to people, and it's up to us to to continue to do that and not give up on anybody. And that one moment can make a difference, I think, in somebody's life. And even nowadays, maybe if they're going to think about taking their own life, I think there's. Uh, that's why I just I said good morning to everyone who walked through the door, and I said hello to everyone I saw in the hallway. Because I just want to validate. I wanted to validate them and let them know that they exist. Because there's too many people that are walking around with their head in their phone. Yeah. And don't feel like they exist. So we need to give them that human connection. Yep. And yeah, you do get pushback. You do. But I, I would never stop and will never stop trying to have a relationship with people. That's, so that's interesting is is to think about. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's easy to say oh, kids are different. But like... In some ways, kids are, in addition, to, can can be a product of the environment around them, parental Absolutely. environment, societal environment. And so, like, um, the the question, I suppose, to, to what you're talking about is is not just, okay, well, they're, they're starting to be born different 15 years ago because of the aspartame. Like, But, like, wh- what about our society around them is changing them that they – that they need they need it more or or it takes more to get into it but like the core need isn't gone exactly. on what people need there's, there's still a soul there yeah right mm-hmm. right there's a heart and there's a soul there right and that soul doesn't change it's just the stuff that's gone into it yeah and so and that's why it's important for for people not just educators but it's important for educators because they're on the front lines with these kids yep but it's important for all of us who are going to touch kids lives even you know church whatever yep that we stay current on what they're 
what they're what they've got in their hand right what they've the pressures they have yep we just can't say well back in my day that's the way it was <laughs> right my right gosh, rub some dirt on it and let's go well <laughs> no you don't rub dirt on it anymore right uh, they don't want to rub dirt on it yeah they don't need to rub dirt on it they need somebody they need, they need more hugs now we know that yeah um but we just have to stay current on where they're at and what they're dealing with and just know that every one of them matters yeah so what was your tra- so um what did you um uh, when you started teaching, what did you teach? I taught, uh, my degree was physical education. You know, when you're going to coach, I guess that's, I learned how to swim in college and <laughs> right. I couldn't tell you anything. I, I do know how not to drown, but, um, yeah, so I physical education, but it took me 10 years to get there Yeah, to teach physical education. I taught special ed. Um, I, I taught, uh, some resource room. I taught computer. Um, my first, job in walnut iowa um we had 25 two apple 2e computers uh-huh. double disk drives now double <laughs> Do- <Not a> single <laughs> it's double disk drive went up last year. <laughs> and when all those things were cranked up the temperature in the room went up about 40 degrees <laughs> and it sounded like jet engines were gonna get ready to take off so i mean i just and then my next job two years later i was teaching computer concepts and some programming stuff yeah and i was on 2gs so now we had the uh the floppy drive. Oh, yeah, the, right. The, the little disk drive. The disk, right? yeah. So in two years, that's where that went, and then on it went. But I, I taught a lot of phys ed, taught special ed, and I taught a lot of computer and, and uh, computer science type stuff, too. The utility man. Stuff. They said, hey, man, we need something. Wait, where's Todd? <laughs> I can play all the positions. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so um, how many how many different school districts have you, have you gone through in your career? I served nine different school districts oh, wow. in that 37 years. Um, an average of four and a half years, you know, per district. Yep. And I just, my path was different, but I felt that was my path. Yeah. Um, and I never apologized for that. I felt like my job was going in to make something better. Yep. And then I wanted to go, do, I got the itch to go do that again. Yeah. Yep. And not that I, but I just, I had opportunities. Then I thought, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it was usually someplace where I could go and make something Take something that was been messed up a little bit, yep, and maybe kind of put it together, and then leave it for the next dude, yeah, for the next person to, to take care of it, and that—that's what I felt my calling was. Yeah, and uh, you know, my wife about four or five moves in said, "I'm not moving again." Well, she did it for another three or four times, so <laughs> I know that's shame on her or what. But um, and it was—it was funny about you know, I think probably just a couple years ago when we moved to Jefferson and I went from Roosevelt, Des Moines, Roosevelt to Greene County. I wanted to finish in a smaller school. Yep. Kind of because that's what I am. Yeah. Small town small town guy. And I love my time at Des Moines Roosevelt and that experience with the cultures there and, and everything and experience in a the only way I can describe it is corporate school. Yeah. I mean it's it's just a whole different animal. Yep. The layers in the school. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yep. But that's not where I wanted to finish. So when we moved out to Jefferson, I said, you know, I just I thank Deb again for moving and but she said, just think about all the friends we've got right. in different places, in different towns. Yep. And I kind of felt that last weekend at that that party and that get-together was because there's people there from every community I'd served. That's awesome. And I just was blessed to see people like that and, and know that was it. So I think that's the other thing I tell people and I tell kids. I said, your path is your path. And 
I can throw in, I, I believe my path was directed by God, not that I was anything special, but I think he directed where he wanted me to go at different times in my life. Yep. I believe that. Um, but your path is your path based on your your skill set, what you can do. And if it's your skill set to stay in the place for 35 years and touch community there, great. Yep. That's Don't apologize for that. You don't have to compare yourself to me or anybody else. That just wasn't me. Yeah. Yep. That wasn't that's not that wasn't my heart. Right. Um so that's that it was nine and my longest was ten. Had a three schools of two years each. And yep. uh you know, then most most of them were four or five right in that area. Yeah. So so you um your trajectory then is your your teaching, um your 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 coaching. What did you like uh was there a favorite sport or, or something that you coached? Well it was basketball. Primary basketball, yep. yeah. Yeah, primary yep. basketball Girls, and golf. Boys. Both. Both. I started coaching the old six-on-six six game mm-hmm. back in the day in the middle 80s and and uh, did that. Most of it was the boys. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I ended. I actually had to coach the girls one year at Greene County. Couldn't hire, couldn't find a coach. And I told the superintendent, I said, I don't know. I guess I hadn't been a head coach in 10 years. And <laughs> um, actually 17 years. Yeah. And so I did it. Yeah. Are we still doing the hoop and the ball thing? Okay, I'll get yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> I think I can pull some stuff out of that. I mean, as you get older, do you, like like, and, and you're still coaching. Like, do you look out and go, "Ah, eh, we gotta run. Forget it." I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't want to follow you around, and you guys don't really want to do it. So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it was basically basketball and golf. I coached volleyball. I coached softball. I coached baseball. Yeah. You know, in some capacity here and there, track and field. Yep. So I, I did a little bit of everything and had my hand in a lot of different sports, but And then you moved um like like the kind of the latter part of your career, you moved into some of the activities director role and mm-hmm. stuff like that. How was that transition from I don't know, line level teaching coaching into some of the administrative work? Well, you when you move up a level, basically I would say you're moving from teaching coaching where you're interacting with kids yeah. every day. Now, my first athletic director's job and trainer down by Council Bluffs, I I was still teaching yep. as well. I taught like uh, five or six phys ed classes a day. So I had every kid and trainer, <laughs> 7 through 12, and yep. I loved that. And then I'd go do AD stuff. And um, But but then when I became a full-time administrator at Carlisle and then Roosevelt, Green County, I was just a full-time administrator. Yeah. You lose that layer with the kids. Yeah. And so you've got to find ways to do that. And that's that's the the biggest thing you miss and really that's i miss colleagues and things like that but when people have asked me over the last couple months you know what are you going to miss when they go back to school i just the kids yeah i I just i would i'd get out of my desk every passing period and just go stand in the hallway and hope somebody talked to me (laughs) (laughs) or i try to give up a conversation you know i try to whether it's a hey good game last night or good luck tonight or how's the practice going how's the musical going you know, so you just try to find a conversation just to talk with kids and connect. But yep. um yeah, it's that's that's the thing you miss the most, but when you go up that layer. Do you do you feel like so so a lot of and I suppose this happens with every generation, right? They're like kids these days, you know. <laughs> you know yep. like, yeah. That's the exact phrase I was just thinking, is like how would you complete the sentence if, where some people might go ah, kids these days. If if someone if you were to start a friend and go, kids these days, like what how would you end that? Mm-hmm. They need loved. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I just, I don't, there's no way about it. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're kids and they just need, they need love. They're looking for love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in all the wrong places. And I think there's songs about that. <laughs> um, but they just, 
it's amazing to me, you know, some of these kids, and I, I wouldn't just talk to the athletes or talk to the musicians and just right. the kids and activities, mind yeah. you, uh, because that might only be 40, 50% of the kids in the school. Yeah. The other 50%, well, they matter. Right. Right. And so you, you, you try to find where they are. If they work at Fairway, they work at High V. You know, you might say, hey, how's work going? Or, you know, yep. you, you find something to connect with them. Yep. Try to find some little piece uh, just to have a conversation. And it's funny. It's not funny. It's, it's just a fact. If I'm standing in the hallway and a kid walks by and I just say, hey, how you doing? How, you know, how are things going? How's classes going? Where are you headed now? Oh, you're headed to ag. Okay. Well, <laughs> why do you like ag? You know? Um, Nobody likes ag. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> But it's amazing how sometimes those kids, then they start to find you. Uh-huh. And if I would go out and maybe sit in the lunchroom and during the lunch hour just to hang out, um, they might come up and start a conversation then a little bit later. And you don't know how you're going to connect with the kids. So, yep. Um, but they all matter. And they all – it's amazing how many nowadays – yeah, the kids these days. <laughs> yeah. Kids these days still uh-huh. – it does harken back to need to have a trusted like, adult. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it harkens back to like, there's nothing new under the sun here. No. Right? It's, yeah. it's the same. They're people, right? Like, they're image bearers of God. And like, where where I think maybe we get uh, stuck a little bit is is a little bit of our own nostalgia on how it was back in our day or whatever, you, you know, you wanted to think about it. And a lot of it is centered around technology, you know, where, you know, the, the, the kids get a lot of their, uh, what they feel like is their community from their devices, right? There are people on the other end of the things that they're talking on all the time, um, but they're not deep communities, right? Like they're they're, they're shallow communities, one offs. And like, if there's anything that's been true, uh, especially through our, our more technological world, is like the written word does not have the same inflection as the spoken word, right? Like even mm-hmm. when you're talking to your wife, she'll say something, and you just read it right off the bat, and you're like, well, "What the heck is this?" You know. But like, if you'd read it with an up inflection instead of a down in one word. The whole sentence changed, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, if all of your communication is done on a flat page, you know, written word device, it, it just, it makes it very hard to, to have deep community like you like we're talking about, you know? And so, like, uh, it's, it is, it's interesting to hear you say that because, like, I, I, I think the more that, like, I get involved, um, you know, with the youth in our town, like, the same as they've always been. Yeah. And whatever yeah. red letter, big banner thing, you're like, well, here's the new thing we're going through. And it's like, it's the same dog with a different tail on, <laughs> right? Like, it's right. it's the exact same thing. <laughs> I bought a new hat. Right. We're not catching. You know what they're not finding in schools these days? You're going to have to back me up on this, Gordon. Like, the uh, the sheer amount of kids smoking in the bathroom like they used to, right? Like, back in the day. Uh, smoking is, I mean, they've done it. We've done a job. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's the devil. It's the devil, these cigarettes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we've won. And so, like, the devil back in 1975, it was the cigarettes and the left-handers, you know, <laughs> and the delinquency out in the parking lot. And, and like, anymore, like, it just it just shifts to a, a different thing, right? Really, what I, I think what I see is, is a lack of community, right? Because mm-hmm. it breeds loneliness, and loneliness breeds depression and anxiety. And, and like, if you see the sheer amount of kids that want to claim depression or anxiety— just so they claim something. Hey man, I saw I heard something on the radio today that that it said they they surveyed college kids, adults, and it was one out of three. Yeah, one out of three said I'm dealing with like some sort of diagnosed depression or anxiety. The sti- statistics are amazing. Yeah, uh, and really eye opening and disheartening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And really. And I think a lot of it is like there's a good portion of it that's true, 
And there's a good portion of it where people just want an identity to explain themselves. This yeah. is why I am. This right. is why I feel the way that I do. Right? Instead of, once again, that relationship that goes, I know exactly who you are, and you are not that. Mm, right. You know what separate you know, you know, what often separates someone from going, Hey, this is something I'm I'm dealing with versus this is something of who I am is the amount of hope you have to come out on the other side. Right? Like if something's weighing heavy on you and you don't see a path out of it. Then you're going to identify with it and say, this is who I am. But like if you've got uh, – and I, I get this is way more nuanced than I'm giving it. But there's a, the broad point is, is that like if I look out and say, man, I'm feeling real low today. But like I've got a healthy community around me. I know people love me. I'm reminded that, that God is good and he created me in his image and likeness. Then, then something where I feel low feels like something that I'm walking through. But I have a hope that I can get out on the other side. Right. And I, I think that's – one of the things I, I keep in my mind all the time, whether you're in the school, um, whether now that I'm retired and I'm talking to ADs and coaches online or in person if I'm training them with the job I'm doing now, whether I'm going into the grocery store or into the convenience, wh- wherever I'm at, the phrase I always keep in the back of my mind is it's by a guy by the name of Manny Scott who's a – he's one of the original Freedom Riders. Mm. Um, out in San Francisco as a high school kid. But now he, he he teaches and speaks to schools all over the country. And in one of his books, one of his quotes is, he tells teachers, and, and his lifelong goal is, every day you are someone's best hope. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to all try and be somebody's best hope every day. Yeah, Whether it's just a thank you to that person who just served us at the restaurant, maybe we're their best hope. Mm-hmm. I think we can always be somebody's best hope. We don't know who it is, right. and we'll never know. Right. And and so, but I think that's that's just the way we need to treat people. Yeah. Is give them a hope. That's right. That there is kindness, there is good out there, because there's too many people living in the shadows, mm-hmm. and we to get them out of those shadows. Sometimes we just got to offer them some sort of hope. Yeah. We we just had a a gentleman pass away uh, here a few weeks ago, and and. I, I didn't realize the depth of the conversations he would have with the children around here. And it was always just jokes over the donut at, ch- at church. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd get a donut. He'd say, that's my donut. you know. And, and I knew there was a couple he had joked with, and that was, but, but they, the kids were coming out of the wood, woodwork. Like, uh, you know, they had a special bond and connection mm-hmm. just, just because he actually talked to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought, man, how often do I just walk right by him? Right. You know, because right. I'm busy. I got to get to my base. <laughs> I got I to gotta preach a sermon. That's right. Four string <laughs> thunder awaits. <laughs> I got to tell you about Jesus. Get out of my way. Hey, that's right. right. <laughs> People that's, are hurting out there. That's the t-shirt for this week. I got to tell you about Jesus. Get out of my way. Oh, yeah. man. Oh. Yeah. And, and, but, but it was so impactful for these kids. They were in tears because like the, the their, their friend who, who joked with them about donuts yep. uh, had passed away. You know, if I died, they'd be like, oh, well, yeah. He was long-winded anyway. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't Someone have a relationship me about with them. <laughs> <laughs> he was pushing me around. Uh, True. So that's yeah. powerful. That's really is powerful. Yeah, that is powerful. And I think, you know, I, I think sometimes we struggle with, um, you know, especially if you're trying to look across generations and especially back generations, um, like where we are often looking for ways to like, how do I modify, how do I modify behavior? Because I see certain behaviors as destructive. And, and I think one of the reminders here is that like, it's often not that simple. 
because like and we've talked about this right like like Jesus is after gospel transformation a behavior modification follows because you've been transformed by the gospel and like even some of the things that we find destructive to people yes yeah, sometimes you just got to grab a hand away from the stove but like especially the older kids are getting like you're getting into the high you know junior highish and kids are getting older faster I don't know if that's your experience yeah. but like it feels to me like like it's just I, and I don't know how it's happening because like part of part of things it seems like we're not requiring maturity in society but then the types of things kids are exposed to adds a level of assumed maturity to it and so like it's a very difficult thing it's kind of like sending a 17 year old off to war you're like here's the most like responsible thing you could possibly be in your life to someone who can barely drive and can't buy cigarettes like mm-hmm. is a dichotomy in that we're just as opposed to sending them to war we're just saying like good luck avoiding the junk on youtube uh and late night netflix but like you know it just makes you think that um everything has a cause like everybody everything's more gray everything's more nuanced everybody's more complicated than than a trend you know like people are oftentimes and we see this totally as adults like we reach for something that god created for good and then we find a way that it gets twisted and it's 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 harmful to us but the but the urge for it was right the urge for certain types of relationships the urge for certain types of communities and we're like boy look at all those those folks who are creating this kind of shadowed community of people over here that are different than than all the other things and we're like well the desire to have it be in community and to find mutual care and concern about each other. Like that's why would that be a problem? That's not a problem. But, but like, because it's not like this thing over here, then we start, to, people get concerned about that. Um, but like, I, but at its core, you know, before we reach for either broad generalization generalizations or thoughts on like, we just, they just have to stop doing that or stop thinking that. I mean, the, it has to come from somewhere and all of it, like as you start to peel it away is it like, what do people think about themselves? How do they feel about the world around them? And, and, and frankly, what is the world telling them in the way that they're interacting? And how are we contributing to that? Even something so simple as, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if Coach Grady thought much about what he said. No. Right. He didn't. No. He just said, I see this. No. He says the thing. It didn't go like, go, Gordon's life changed forever. Right. <laughs> I flipped him right. over. But it, but it was regardless of of like how you might take it it was a look in your it was a look at you and says i've been thinking about you and here's the thing i'm going to say to right. you mm-hmm. and then it does what it does and i think that's again it was a moment in time but you have to be brave enough to step into that moment mm-hmm. and he cared about me enough and of course i'd played before him for four years and um you know, that's just we had a great relationship because you just had relationships with your coaches. Yep. Um and that's why coaching is such a powerful tool. Yep. With kids even now. Yeah. Uh because yeah. you're with those people every day. But as a leader, as a person, you just have to be willing to step into the moment and take a risk. Yeah. And he did that. And, you know, he was at each one of our kids' weddings and he was He's my biggest fan, and I'm his biggest fan. Yep. It really does make you feel like they know something you don't when someone is willing to step into a moment like that, mm-hmm. right? Like like to have a person come up and say, whatever, a thing, mm-hmm. you know? And like you stand there awestruck for a minute and go, what does he know that I don't? What, 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 is, what is this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for a second, you're like, is everything I think that I knew about myself that led me up to all the decisions I made to boom right here? 
And then this dude says a thing, and you're like, okay, yeah, that, yeah, I'm new. We'll do we'll do something different. And like the boldness of of someone willing to, because like that's awkward. If you tried to plan it, it would be contrived and awkward. You know, you're like, I can't wait till I run into so and so just when they're walking out of the school, and oh boy, I'm going to say this whiz bang thing. <laughs> you know, and like it would come off so adulty, really, right? It would come up formulaic and adulty. You know, opposed to Heart things. It has to be real. That's yeah. right. That's you know, right. and that's the other thing I think you've got to be with people, with kids. You got to be real, and they need to see human emotion out of you. They need to, they need to have somebody because there's too many people. There are too many people these days not taking responsibility or saying they were wrong. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say I was wrong because I'm practiced at it and I'm pretty good at it. I'm getting real good. I'm yeah. not really good so, at being wrong, but also admitting it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, it's just you got to be real with them, and I, and kids in general, they can see fake a mile away. Yeah, that is 100 percent true. They they are so good at that. Yep. They know real and they know fake, and. You know, so they just they pick that up, and yep. you know, I, you talk about Coach Gady know that, and my son AJ put together a video at different people I've worked with in schools, um, three or four former players, um, friends. A- anyway, one of the players on there was a kid from Manning, um, and he he played at the University of Iowa about football. And, but he, he said, I remember sitting, you pulled me onto the steps in the Manning gym and you were the first coach that ever told me to get my stuff together. Mm-hmm. And this is how you need to act. I think it's when he decided he was going to university of Iowa and he's kind of acting a fool. Yeah. And he said, you just told me how I needed to act. And I don't remember that conversation, oh, right? <laughs> but he did. Yeah. Um, so and I think I probably had that conversation because Coach Katie was brave enough to do that with me. So yeah. you pass that stuff along, and one conversation could change my life, and that conversation could have helped change Jared's life. Yep. And if Jared has that conversation with one of his boys, on down the line. Yep. You know, so it's generational. Yep. But I think, and then I think we have responsibility to the people who have impacted our life. My dad, Coach Gady, other teachers, other coaches, other friends, other peers who have impacted our life, like our Mount Rushmore of, of friends. Yep. But we have an obligation to them to pay that forward too and to use what they've taught us, or it's wasted. Yeah, right. And that doesn't respect them. Right. You don't want to be the guy in the drive-thru who's supposed to pay it forward to the next guy, but just takes the two lunches and moves on. Yeah. And That's lame. Especially <laughs> for, like, the right kid. Um, they've not had any, like, to, to cross that boundary and say something, like, you have to care about them. You have to care enough that you didn't let them walk by. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's all kinds of kids out there acting mm-hmm. a fool. And, like, how many of them get a guy that pulls them aside and, and cares about them enough to say something that actually might offend them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. if you look back at your relationship with your own kids, I say stuff that should offend my own kids all the time. Hey, your behavior is not where it needs to be. It's going to cause you this thing. You really should consider changing it around to do this differently. Right? And, like, mm-hmm. because I love my kids to the degree that I love them, that's, that's conversations we have all the time. Mm-hmm. And so kids that aren't necessarily, you know, your biological kids – I, I don't know what house they grew up in or what community they have around them that anybody's willing to step in and go, actually, 
you should really consider doing something differently. Here's the path, right? Yeah. And like some of us are so scared. It's it's a it's it's still fear. We've talked about this for a couple three weeks now, but like we're so afraid of like the output of of some of the 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 kids, you know, and like the things that they're doing or the acts that they're committing or the way that they're acting that like we're just not willing to dive in deep and like show a little bit of give a crap. Like I don't care what you're doing on your outside. Here's what's true about you. I love you. <laughs> and I think you should probably make a different decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shallow stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, the phone's shallow. Like you said, if you're if you're just relying on this screen and how many likes you get on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the kids are doing now. Yeah. Um, if you're just relying on those likes and those comments for your self-worth and they are yeah. Then that's shallow. Yeah. Ooh. And there's got to be more. They've got to get more. That's a good point. Where the crowd is fickle, be the non-fickle person. Be the person that's 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 there anyway. That's there regardless. Right. Um. Where where the where the rest of the world are are, are like a you know tossing seas. I mean, you're the still pond. You're the boat, man. Mm-hmm. Um. Because because otherwise. Um, without without that, you don't even know the difference. Like you don't have something to compare it to. Like what the heck is this is this stone cold rock doing over here? I thought the whole world was a bouncy sea. And mm-hmm. to see a dude who smiles at you every day, who who knows where you work and cares about you, isn't after you because you're another like to them and they're like to you. Like, how would you even know the difference? It's the same reason that like you know you always you encourage you know folks who are growing up. And and you know, and um, to hang out with families where that have good marriages, like how would you possibly know unless you saw the difference? Unless you saw exposure, like boy, I didn't even know people didn't yell at each other like that every night, mm-hmm. or like hey, man, both parents are in the house at the same time, no joke, <laughs> right? Like you wouldn't even. It, it's not a. It's not that you're not dumb. You just have no idea. That, like there's all kinds of things where like I've heard somebody. This happens at work too. Like I'm a I'm a problem solving dude. That's my job. I go in and people t- and it's like every once in a while. In fact, probably twice a week, someone says something like, well, hot dang, I had no idea. That opened like a whole other trench of the world that I just hadn't even, how would I know? Except for someone said something to me, and now I've got a different way to kind of measure and understand the things going on around me. And so like, you know, where the rest of the world is jumping around, what is it? What does it take to be the be a rock? A little, a little bit of give a crap, a little bit of smile, a little bit of a, hey, I look at stable. you. Yeah, yeah right. That, and, that, that's, and the funny part about that telescope discussion is like, we say science flips and flops every fifty years. God been the same. He does. He doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Right. He doesn't change. And like as a result, we don't change either. Yeah. Right. Your behavior doesn't cause me to change. Whatever adverse behavior that 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 brings us fear and and worry, uh, it, it doesn't cause me to change because God is steady. His grace is steady. None of that stuff ever moves. Right. Ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Though, yeah. That's a good call. Like just the underlying notion of. Um, Communicating a sense of reliability, of stability, when like uh, you know, uh, getting people, like to what you were saying earlier, you know, if people won't take responsibility for things, and 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 like you, like commitment is not, people don't the they see it in in marriage relationships, they see it, you know, just just uh, with things changing so often, people don't work in the same place, not uh, like people used to be for extended amounts of times the same spot. It's not the general path anymore like it just feels like things are constantly in flux um what is stable well if we're not speaking to the things that are unchanging how would someone even know yeah yeah so uh, you know one of the things that i wanted to i was interested in uh, todd is i think you know you have a unique you have a unique perspective um in in your work is like i think about folks who who look at school systems and kids 
and even activities and things. And 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 from a Christian perspective, I, I think it's it's tempting to go. That just seems like a big bucket of risk, man. Like. Like the schools today, kind of like the kids today, yeah. right? Like the schools today are blah blah blah, and like it feels the tug over. Here's here's the all the things that the church has going on, or that we think is is important, and here's the tug of activities and things against those, and like uh, the various things that frankly schools are having to deal with. Like you're 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 treading in an open forum, trying to handle a lot of different things coming at you and so i'm just kind of curious um like in what ways do you look at um public schooling and coaching and 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 those types of things with with hope and are there ways in which you go you know here are the here are the the unique challenges they're dealing with and here's where people like uh, there's the caution is warranted well you know, it just all goes back to that first story and why I believe so strongly in what what I did for so many years and why I believe it's so valid because, you know, whether we're going to be somebody's best hope, I always, I tell my coaches or I told the coaches or teachers if I had a chance, if not you, then who? Mm-hmm. And if not me, then who? And so as a leader, I had to have that mentality of if I'm not going to step out there and risk myself with kids, coaches, adults, parents, community members, yep. then who is? Yeah. And so the same was true of, of coaches and teachers, directors, whoever whoever's working with those kids, whoever's working with people, if, if not you, then who? Yeah. And so just always driven by that and you know i just always believed that every job we do is a ministry mm-hmm. and that's just where the ministry lies yep um and so whatever job you're doing is you're there for a reason yep and it's not a mistake yep um there are divine moments in every day and Whatever, it, sometimes you come across them, and sometimes you don't know them till years later. Yeah, that yep. it was a divine moment. Yep. Um, but we have to believe. I mean, I mean, God can use everything for good for yep. those that are called by Him, and and He can use every moment that we have down the road. And maybe it's just that seed that's planted. Um. So I just that's just how I I carried into every day. Yeah. Was not knowing. But not caring that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. What the impact was, I was just going to try and be faithful and show up and 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 do the job. Now, when you start wrapping that around what education has become, yeah. You know, you. If not us, then who? Right. right. You know, it's still the same thing. Yep. Um, yep. Sometimes you you had to speak to say no, that's wrong, and and sometimes. Maybe I was too silent, mm-hmm. but sometimes you had to know when it was good to be silent and when it was good to speak. Yeah. And you knew when there might be a time later to speak to somebody who heard something said that maybe you didn't think was correct or you could go a different way. And yeah. you could have that conversation on the side. Yeah. But like you know, Mike said earlier, we don't need to throw fire and brimstone on everybody. <laughs> right. Um, but you still, I think... 
if you're a person of faith and you're in the public schools, you can still people still know you're a person of faith. Mm-hmm. You don't have to shout it from the top of the school building or when people are walking in the room. Now there's a time when we need to be faithful to share. Yeah. When that can be shared. Yep. Um but I think our we do I think we do we start by just living the life mm-hmm. and being consistent in the life that we live. Yeah. Um no matter how much school has changed. Now, you do have choices. I admire the people of faith who are working in other states that are a bit wacko, in my opinion. <laughs> yep. And, Talking to you, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm i blessed to teach in the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, I was blessed to be where I was and didn't have to worry about that so much. Yep, yep. And some of the communities I was in. But I just think it's it's important to be who you are and be consistent in that. Yep. And be faithful to that. And then the opportunities to really have a deeper conversation, um, they come in times of of distress and tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I've been able to probably share faith more than any. Yep, is in those dark times. Yep, or when you go see somebody in a hospital that you may be in there alone with them, and that's your moment. Yeah, yep. That's. I think that's a really good. I don't. I, I think I would always say. That when 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 people are running out, the the people of Jesus are running in, right? It's 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 been true with you know emergencies and natural mm-hmm. disasters. Like when people are like, we got to get out of here. Like who's running? It's 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 the Christians. It's the missionaries. They're like, we're we're going in. It happened. It happened in the plague, the Black Plague. Like right? one of the reasons Christianity spikes. This was one of the books we were talking about last week on the the rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. But like one of the reasons Christianity grows the way it does is because like when everyone else was running away from all the people dying, the Christians were running in and people met Jesus that way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, then you look at, I think we, we talked about this even during some of the COVID stuff. We're like public school is hard. What a hard thing to do is to try to like meld everybody into something that isn't that doesn't create just like a giant explosion we're like we're 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 debating as a society (laughs) the same thing pilots debating with jesus like what is truth this is the conversation we're having and so Mm -hmm. like there's fires all over the place but if not if not the people of jesus running in to the where the groups are gathered of people who need reminded of true stable things and 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 real and deep things as evidenced in lives of people. If if not us, then who? Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I, there's there's I think there's a right there's a caution in going like to, to what do I subject? I, I mean, what do you subject your kids? What do you subject your own kids? Like, is there a risk in systems and societies like that? I get that. I totally get that. Um, but like, where where we have a pretty good, we feel like there's a pretty good in, bellwether and indicator. Uh, that like true, stable, right, good, good news types of things are needed. Well, then that's where the people of Jesus are needed. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a good I think that's a good way to think about it because that's true everywhere. I mean, like what what the heck kind of place I might you know where does everyone else work except for maybe Dan? Although Dan Dan's worked at Target, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right, and, and the Burger King, and, you know, right? Like where else is is not a hotbed of like all kinds of stuff? Like people believe all right. kinds of things. It right. just it comes to a big head and is it the most influential mm-hmm. in those years where people have an opportunity for influence and like 
uh, this is why the co- like the college years are so formidable. People can go from believing one thing, you show up and do a college, and like you're like, mm-hmm. what the heck happened, man? The world was supposed to get deeper, and somehow it got different, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, like I. Get, I get that, but like I think that's a right, that's a healthy way for Christians to think about it. I think I think that the conversations about your own kids' activities and all kinds of that stuff, I think is you maybe maybe a slightly different conversation. But like as we think about institution like that, like what do we expect a human governmental type of institution to reflect? But the chaos often of what man himself has tried to build. Oh, exactly. You know, (laughs) it's going to be nothing less. (laughs) And so if we get caught up in trying to change every little thing that happens, you know, you control two things every day, your attitude and your effort. Yeah. And that's it. And if I let my attitude get distracted, distracted by a policy or a procedure that I don't agree with, okay, if I can't change it, then I've just got to have the right attitude and try to work with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose like you, <laughs> you could spend all your day drawing lines in the sand. Absolutely. Or, yeah. or be the guy uh, that remains stable even even as the lines get drawn, the lines move, people dash around about it, and like, and yet the truth persists. The good mm-hmm. news remains. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Like I was, I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of weeks. But like, um, and and it, it circles around to like how I pray and, and like having a. A uh, like I'm talking to my father, right? Like this steady, calming presence in my life. <laughs> you know that that like 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 you're not praying at a god, you're praying at your father. You know, and and like it's just so awesome how that translates down to people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just it resonates with, with me something fierce. I, there was this movie that I watched, and I can't remember what it was, but like it had to do with fathers. You know, and like so many guys that are like. Like it had to do with their either their dad split or wasn't there or you know they they didn't have a like a strong you know dad type figure in their life and and like they just wanted like the blessing of Jacob they just wanted their dad to say I want what's best for you yeah. I'm I'm looking out for you and I and I'm intentional about putting this blessing on you like I love you you know and like this one guy was talking about it. he's like we did this one Sunday like we just said I don't know how many of you guys are feeling like like you didn't get that blessing you needed but like. We're going to give it to you today from God. And like droves of dudes getting up mm-hmm. out of their chair, you know, and going down to the front just to be prayed I just over. want a blessing. I, like I just, <laughs> and, and like, and, and not in like the cheesy right. I want stuff way, but like, like, like this, this unmovable, steady figure that, that knows all and loves completely and puts yeah. a hand on you and goes, I'm for you. I'm for you. Right. And like. If that's not what kids need, I don't know what they need. That's right. what that's what I need, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's the, and and like it changes the way that you that you interact with God, and like it hopefully it changes the way that we um, interact with with especially kids around us. Like, I mean, just some of these stories, some of the, what, some of these environments that the kids are coming from, and like you want to nail their outgoing behavior, and like there is broken in there, just a broken, 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 and you you can't fix it. God can. Jesus can redeem all of this, but you are—you're not the fixer, right? You're the one that says, "I know you, I love you, I'm for you." What's happening with you? You know, mm-hmm. that's just such a cool. And that's the thing is—is is like with a career like yours, you get to look back and go, like, there's, there's, if there's nothing else they can depend on, maybe they're short on cash and like they don't get to eat lunch every day, or they didn't get shoes, or like their dad is flaky as wall, whatever. Todd Gordon will be out there on lunchtime. <laughs> Hands folded, going, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know you got saying? the like, administrator pose down pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you just, <laughs> yeah, pull those arms. <laughs> yeah, what's happening right now? <laughs> I mean, it, and it sounds so stupid and simple, you know, but like, 
just being present. And like, it's us going in when everybody's going out. Yeah, I, there's parts that the government are a mess. The government's a mess. Public education's a mess. Whatever. But like, we should run for government, right? What better <laughs> place than to put God's people in? Same thing with public education. We're not running out. We're running in. We're right. part. We're part of the solution here. You know, all that's a mess. And most importantly, people are a mess. People yeah. are a mess. And what are the one thing we can influence more than anything? And that's the people. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's powerful too to th- to consider kind of where the where the conversation started, um, where you use your influence for for a f- in effective ways like. Your influence isn't cheap influence. Like it's yes, I care about you. Yes, I love you. And actually, I care about you so much that like I'm willing to say something that actually matters, mm-hmm. that should make a difference to you. Because I think I think you know there's a to, to your earlier point, uh, kids can smell being advertised to. Uh, this started with like the tail end of my generation and the generations has passed. And I think this is where like even some of some of the counter reaction to some of. The, the like previous generation, the church is trying to catch up. Like, look, we're not lame here. We got people that can play the four four strings of thunder. Turn it up, to, you know. And like, it was to make sure that like, hey, we weren't God's people are, are can do. God is awesome. He can be worshipped with something that's got some pump to it. And mm-hmm. I think that that was great, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then there became a point where like kids grew up and they became so averse to being advertised to that as soon as the music in the church started feeling like the music that was on the radio they're like no wait a minute yeah. are you trying to trick me trying to sucker me in yeah, right you trying to drag <laughs> me into something right and like what are these lights like people get so hypersensitive to being advertised to and here's the thing the music the church was doing was just as righteous as it was 10 years ago like it didn't matter it's not that the music didn't change the hearts behind it didn't change but the people the people become so suspicious like my the tail into my generation and into the next one just became real hippy dippy about the whole thing they're like bring the acoustic guitars back out man i don't trust anything else i think you're trying to you're That's trying true. to make like you're trying to get me to love jesus because i tap my toe and i don't want it yeah mm-hmm. that that fourth wall's gone right right like i'm watching a, a like a like a show with my girls right like we sit down and watch this show and like, my oldest one will sit down and go, "This is my favorite story arc of the show." I'm like, "What? Right? You can't just sit and like immerse yourself in the show and be entertained." You're like, "This is really well written." I'm like, "Shut up! You're, t- you're, you're ruining this. It's a character. I believe it to be real for the half hour, you know." And she's like analyzing the thing, and you know, I'm like, "Right? What's what's wrong with you kids?" I like the, the same thing with like the way they play video games. Right? They're not immersed in it in a way that like they go beat the boss. They're immersed in it in a way that's like, I just want to roam around the world and check the whole thing out. And that, that's a glitch, I can tell. You know, like they, they look on how it was designed and how it was made and what right. the game was trying to get them to do. And then they will do the opposite. They're like, I'm just going to go build a hut. I'm supposed to be fighting this army over here, but I like building huts. So I'm just <laughs> going to run over here to this other ice world where there's nobody at. And right. I'm going to build a hut. And I'm like, I just, you know. <laughs> it's a behind the curtain generation, which means that like if what's behind the curtain is genuine and matches what was in front of the curtain – then it's believable. That's right. Right? It's, and the church don't want to be caught being the Wizard of Oz. Right. No one is fooled. No one is fooled by uh, the quote they found in the newspaper. Right? Because they know it got massaged. They know someone said emailed some guy and said, hey, what do you think? And some guy looked over it for about 50 hours and goes, here's what we're going to say. And that's what got back out. What they're going to do is they're going to go to Reddit, look for the secretary that was in the room and like, what did that guy really say that's before true. he said that yeah, thing? Huh? <laughs> you know? And which, which like, I like that. But but like it means that the people of Jesus, um, you know, where where perhaps uh, there was something showy about, you know, 
I don't know, certainly the 80s, parts of the 90s, like, um, because we wanted to believe something. We wanted to believe that, like, Jesus wasn't being left behind <laughs> in some of that stuff. But then but then there's there's a notion of, like, hyper-integrity. Like, like people won't even – sometimes sometimes our posturing is, like, right. We're like, hey, man, I'm not great, but I'm trying. This is what looks like trying. And sometimes this behind-the-curtain folks goes, I don't even want you to try. I just want you to suck and do it openly. I'm like, well, I'm not sure that's the healthiest way to think about it. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's, it's not implicitly righteous, but it is what they – it is – it is like such a concern about being advertised to and that we're, someone's trying to deceive it. Like kids, kids will look at a commercial and go, they put red on there because it's trying to draw my attention. Yeah. Because we everyone started going to psychology class when they were in high school, right? The coffee yeah. to make it look fresher. I ain't buying that. Right. And they're like, I got lied to. I'm going to buy this dump, like Sanka, because it doesn't posture above its pay grade. <laughs> Here's the can. Go to town. <laughs> Stir it up. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, but it's it's such an interesting thing because like that is reacting to something. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a bunch of jerk kids, just like it wasn't a bunch of jerk kids the, the generation before. They're they're reacting to something and it's it's okay to honor that. You don't have to let it like run off the leash and crap in your yard, but like <laughs> it's okay to go, "Okay, I get it." What what did I think before this that can then refine how I'm taking in to make sure I didn't overcrank on the thing, you know? And don't make them be like the previous generation. Yeah. Right. They're not going to. That's just a fight you're not going to win. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why we got to meet them where they're at and try to learn what they're doing and Yep. where they're coming from. Which which I think which rolls back again to that to that previous article is like where's our humility? Like as opposed right. to going like what what's the what, look at the, how wrong this generation is. It's like what have they got the right line on that I'm missing? I mean, and like you're going to be a source of wisdom to people. Like there are things that you've learned that you're going to be able to influence kids, and they're going to be hungry for it because they do want true wisdom. But what they don't want is this denial of their entire view of the world. Because like you, if you don't believe there's something redeeming in it, you're the problem. There's an arrogance to that. Um, and boy, I, like actually, if generationally we were all like looking, looking to to pass on good righteous wisdom. And in humility, going now, how can I learn from what they see? Where what are the what are our excesses, and how can I know those quicker? Uh, boy, that's that seems healthy. Yeah, that seems healthy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait. So, Todd, if, if people are interested uh, in your uh, in in hearing further bits about your wisdom, like you got you have a website where people can go and. Uh, yeah, pretty witty. Toddagordon.com. There it is. Toddagordon.com. <laughs> yeah, that's. I do. I publish. Uh, Every day, uh, just a little quick article to read. I, I do a newsletter on Thursdays, uh, just moments mm-hmm. where I think about moments of leadership, moments to be better, moments from social media, something I've picked up to share, moments from something I've read yep. in the past week or two, and then a moment to remember, which is always a memory of some sort. So I do that every Thursday, and just thoughts, random thoughts from my head. I try to is just always looking for things that are happening um, that are probably leadership moments or leadership driven or just just yeah. quick little thoughts to help somebody during the day. That's awesome. All right, so go to toddagordon.com and uh, you can you can interact with Todd like you can see the stuff that he's posting and uh, I'm, I'm sure there's ways to contact you. Maybe you got questions for Todd or you're just kind of interested in hearing more of his thoughts. Maybe you want to have him on your podcast. Now, Todd is a prolific podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's a man of, of double podcast right to moment. So what are the two podcasts that you're doing? Well, we, we've done, we're starting one in our fifth season called Beyond the Bench and we mm-hmm. started that, uh, well, f- four years ago, going on five now. 
um, we had a lot of athletic directors leaving the field after three years. We found that three years, if you could make it past three years yeah. as an athletic director, you could probably make it a career if you wanted to. But a lot, we had one year, the year I was president of the Iowa High School Athletic Director Association, 75 ADs leave. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So wow. that's 75 out of 300 and some. Ooh. So we just wanted to provide a resource to, hey, we want to encourage you. And yeah. that, that's all we've done in that podcast is uh, encourage. Now we're taking a little bit more towards leadership now uh, because we've kind of started a leadership uh, side to be on the bench to the two guys I do that with. And then um, I'm work, working for a company called Bound now, mm-hmm. and we are a sports management web-based uh, where the schools use us. And so uh, a partner and I, we've decided to, we're doing a podcast just twice a week, just 10, 12 minutes. We have a little leadership component in it and a little how-to or, hey, think about doing this in your job type coaching, AD yep. type stuff. So um, just doing that, and that's called Bound for Greatness. Nice. And, you know, here, here would be my encouragement um, to, to you guys that are listening is that um, I, I cannot imagine very many situations of which like, hey, OK, this feels like, oh, we're, we're, we were targeting, you know, uh, ADs or like, you know, mm-hmm. but like just think about the types of problems those folks are trying to solve. Like there's coordination issues, like look, think of all the different parties that you're trying to manage mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. And then you're talking about how do I encourage leaders to lead well? Um, interacting with kids and some of the, a lot of the things that we've been talking about here, um, methods of which to engage people, um, of which to, to, to call them up to kind of their best, to the best selves. Like I just, you know, if you, if you normalize some of the context of where I'm, some of the stuff is coming from, I just, it's, it's so surprising where wisdom that applies to something you're not even thinking about has something that kicks off for you and that you see that you can apply in your I mean, even even as parents, even as even as spouse, like, here's the deal: your, your your husband and what they need encouragement, man. Like mm-hmm. they'll like uh, we've been talking about this a lot in some of the we've been going through First Peter. It's been a little harsh on me, um, but like mm. like oftentimes your spouse will live down to your view of them or live up to it, right? And so and 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 with the amount of we talked about this a little bit, I think within the last few shows. But like, what, what are you doing with your influence to your close relationships? And like. Some of the stuff that you might be like, well, that's, that might feel superficial. It's for over here. I'm just, I mean, are there parts of that? 10, 12 minutes where you're like, is there, an, is there, are there nuggets in there that are more broadly applicable? And so I just maybe give it a shot. Maybe give it All a right. shot uh, on your drive to the store or something. Well, I think that's, that's such a great point because I, and I think one of the things that I struggled with and had to come to reality with is sometimes the people that get the least of us are our families. Mm. Right. <laughs> I mean, no matter what we're doing. So our, our, my three kids sometimes got the least amount of me. I gave my best stuff between eight and four yep. or eight and six if I was still coaching. I gave it to that group, yep. and I'd go home, and I was tired. Yep. They didn't get my best. My wife didn't always get my best. Yep. Even as a, a, a leader, an administrator, you know, you're trying to lead people. Sometimes I gave my best there, and I didn't give her my best. Yeah. And so I think I had to come to grips and come with the reality that I got to be better at home. Yeah, I got to be better with my kids. I got to be better with my wife. Yep, and that's that's a humbling thing to come to grips with because you're giving your best out there, right? During that day, right? But then you go home and you're not giving your best. And you're giving your cranky. Would, if anybody would ask you to make a list of things that are important to you, they'd be up there. They'd right. be up running the top, right? And then yeah. you're like, 
this is out of balance. And how do we treat them? How do, how do yeah. I let this get so out <laughs> right? of balance? Right. Well, and like, yeah. and and in, it's got to be so tough too, because like again, it's speaking of the environments that you're you're working in. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe it's because I'm more of an introverted type of guy, but like, I mean, it, I get drained dealing with folks. Like, I just don't. I'm. Some people are energized by people. It takes a lot of effort for me. Um, and I know it's good. And like, I get it is good. It is reciprocal. But like, it just I'll come away from conversations and just feel just kind of sapped mm. um and so like i would look and go man i just gave a lot of energy there and i think it was for good and i'm trying to be helpful and and, and t- talk to people and encourage them and blah 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 but then what did i then i come home and i'm drained to the people who also need my best yeah right and so like frankly fellas um you know it, it's it's really easy to get real cranky about this not because not only because you're tired from the other stuff but you feel underappreciated it's like this person's not look my wife's giving me business because she's not getting my best but and, and you feel like, hey, I, I gave my best over here. She has every right to expect your best. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're on the hook for your best all the time. I, I'm sorry. 24-7. <laughs> I'm sorry. Give your best, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I owe some apologies. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week. Yeah. That's next week. I feel like Ben owes me an apology. Actually. Yeah. Uh, but boy, boy, if I got to, I'm going to need another journal. <laughs> all the places that didn't get my best but should have. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you've been listening to Live from the Path. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this conversation with Todd Gordon. Again, go to toddagordon.com and you can hear more. Uh, again, you can pick up on those uh, those bits of wisdom. Um, I, I just yeah, be, be open that other people's context in the world can can speak into yours in ways that you you, you didn't imagine. Um, and so, and you've met Todd. He seems sounds like a lovely fellow um, with a lot of really good experience and a good view on the world. So, I mean, you know, go check it out. Uh, so, here's what we're gonna do. No. Was it? No. no, we're gonna get to advice. Yeah, yeah. it's time to do some. Yeah, advice. we have to we have to cut it. No secular Solomon. No, we burned long. Oh man. Unless you want to do secular Solomon and no advice. Uh, no, we better do advice. Okay. T- Todd's here. He's going to change the world. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Here's the advice. Dear, oh, we haven't given the advice yet. Here's the proposed question. Question, yeah. Dear life from the path, my lovely and successful 30-year-old daughter has recently become engaged to a 31-year-old man. I'll call him Jonas. Yes. They've been dating for several years. He comes from a good family and is successful in his career. She adores him and is extremely happy. I love it. The problem is... Jonas has a habit of making off-the-cuff comments about her to my husband and me behind her back, Mm. suggesting, for example, that he felt a bit pressured about the timetable for proposing. More recently, I thanked him for offering my daughter and me the use of his beloved vehicle to go wedding dress shopping. Instead of saying, you're welcome, he muttered, she's going to wreck the car one day. The sooner she does, the sooner I get a new one. (laughs) Uh, My daughter has an excellent driving record, so this was just weird. He He says it like it's a dry joke, which he likely sees this way, but I find his comments hurtful. I haven't said anything to my daughter about this, and I don't want to run him down to family or friends by asking for suggestions in handling this. Should I let it go, or should I tell Jonas privately how his comments hurt us? I don't want to make more of this than it is, but it makes my heart ache a bit. Mm. Let me tell you this, Madge. You already have. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking. <laughs> it's too late. I find him funny. <laughs> and, and frankly, like, they're not even remotely hurt. Like, I was prepared for some really, yeah. like, snide things, but, like... These feel like the type of jokes you make about your wife. Uh, and I get a mixed – maybe I'm, I'm, I think, cautious in mixed company, but, like, I wouldn't overreact to this. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you should be grateful he uh, feels comfortable enough to have a conversation with you about something like that. No, no, I mean, uh, you know, he may cross a few lines, yeah. but it's like at least he, he – he, he's already sees you as family. So Yeah, right. I mean – the closer you are to somebody, the more likely you are to make fun of them. Yeah, yeah. right. That's just how good relationships work. Let me You're talk about to... your daughter. How I'm not, I'm happy. I yeah. mean, it's like you don't do that unless you 
have some type of relationship with mom and dad. So. Yeah, like a rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is an excellent driver. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's a line you want to make sure you're not crossing when talking yeah. to her parents. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, especially like, you know, like as a dad giving away a daughter. I, I mean, you bet who. I don't trust you already. Yeah. I'm doing my best to try to love you, and she says you're all right. But I mean, you say one iffy thing, I'm like, okay, that's it. You know? yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I I get it. I get it more from the dad's perspective, you know. But like, um, yeah, I, this seems fairly innocuous to yeah. me. It's well, and I think eventually she's going to put him in his place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll, she'll straighten yeah, yeah, he's riding on pre-marriage yeah. borrowed time here. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, whatever. I've done this. I've like, uh, I've been telling jokes, and like, there, there's been times it's been too much. I've, mm-hmm. I've crossed the line, and my wife goes, "Hey, I didn't care for that." I'm like, "Right on." I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> yep. I wasn't even thinking. Yep. And yep. like, I've gotten yep. better at it. I don't do the same thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's true. This is probably a, a time, an opportunity for grace, not an opportunity to uh, put your foot down and cause an unnecessary scene. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and you know, I, and maybe the reminder here too is that like, this is not you against him. Let your daughter handle her. Her own affairs. This is her husband, and like, yep. I don't think. Again, th- this isn't of such an extreme nature that, like, oh well, she he says it when she's not around. I- I'm guessing that the ha ha, you may stink as a driver has come up in in probably conversations that she also may find funny, <laughs> right? It's just um, you lack context in the depth of their relationship, and I just stay out of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, secular says, boy, this is not going to go well. Oh no! Holy cow! Call the police. Is it long? Well, no, it's just. Ridiculous. That's what they always say. Secular says, Jonas's quotes joke that he felt pressured to become engaged to your daughter wasn't funny, and I can understand why you might be concerned. Well, I don't think you should solicit advice about this from friends and family. I do think you should discuss this with your daughter because it could be a big red flag. Now, hold on a minute. Like, couldn't you explain, oh, I felt pressure, that, like, if he were to say something like, uh... Yeah, man, I you know I felt I better hurry up and get a ring on it. <laughs> like, yeah. if you said something like that in a joking yeah. way, like, couldn't you rightly describe it in the way that she just did, which like I think really mischaracterizes the situation. Well, yeah. and and they've been dating for years. It said, I mean, so he is dragging his feet. Yeah, they're like thirty. I mean, it's time. Yeah, which would so, you say? Hey, I felt pressured, as you should have. You sloth. Yeah. Like, fine, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you right. Moving, your, so we pressured you. Where's your witty retort? Why are we playing the victim here? Right? Like, he's, he's got something witty to say. I mean, wit right back at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, this is an odd over over crank. Ditto with any other possible pejorative comments he makes to you about her. There's often a grain of truth within comments that are made in jest. They could be That's tip- why it's funny. They could be a t- they could be a tip off about what her fiance is really feeling. Okay, all of a sudden this guy is like Beelzebub's son. I don't, this is, seems like a, a little much. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, here's the, the real of it. Uh, like the closer you are to people, especially your wife or your your spouse or whatever, like you just you make jokes and like sometimes you cut a little deeper than you intended and some of it is just the sheer amount of time you're around them you're mm-hmm. around them a lot yeah you know it's the closest relationships you have and uh sometimes it's a swing and a miss and sometimes you think you're funny and you're not and like i, I mean it unless you're it actually seems like you might be thinking less of your daughter right because like if she can't see past this manipulative dude you know to the point where she's being taken in um you're actually saying that she doesn't know this man very well, and she's being yeah. a little foolish. Yeah. If you feel like you want to have 
not about these specific things, but just to your daughter in general about that relationship. I, yeah. I you know, I hey, think babe, that's how's a, it, how you feeling? How's I think it's a fair conversation <laughs> to have with okay. one of your kids. You know, I yeah, I yeah. would not bring up this specific example because you're going to look like a conspiracy theorist. Right. But you know, maybe maybe it wasn't a joke. Maybe he's just somewhat of a pessimist. Yeah, but she knows that. Yeah, I mean, the daughter does. Downer. She still <laughs> wants to marry him. So. Yeah, truth. The, yeah, these these see, the ideas they just seem like real shallow. Like, hey man, I hope she wrecks that car. Gonna get me a new set of wheels. Like, yeah. it just seems like a joke. He wasn't saying I hope she gets hurt. Right. He's saying I get a new <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah, I, he's funny. And some life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that'd be going over a line. <laughs> I can't wait till she wrecks this car so I get a new one. I mean, this let's is get a married weird quick. Thing to say, dude. I mean, just he might just be a little awkward, you know? Yeah. All right, one more. Ready? Yep. Dear life from the past. I've been interested in a woman for several years. Me too. During that t- <laughs> me too. <laughs> During that time, I've dated her and helped her with her house. Today, she called me and asked me to walk her dog. I had to decline because I couldn't fit it in. She sent me two emails back to back. Quotes, thanks, Fred, but one thing I'm sure of, anyone who isn't a friend of my dog is no friend of mine. Where's your Christian service now? Wow. I don't want you to check on my dog or me ever. You are a selfish guy who couldn't take a five-minute drive on a 60-degree day, and I hope I won't hear from you ever again. I wish you all the best. Enjoy sitting around taking care of yourself. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Second email. And quotes, a true friend would check on my dog and lock all the doors after, so don't go near my house or apartment. You are not a guy I want around. You think you're better than you are. (laughs) Question, what do I do and how do I take this? Look, man. I don't think anyone has shot anything so hard right at the bow in my whole life. How do I take this as it, as it sits? Yeah. <laughs> That's real. Play, yeah. That, yeah. play that from the rough where it landed. And actually, based on your question after these two things come in, uh, I think I understand her anger. You might be a hair up, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I mean, I, I'd be super curious on what he said. Yeah, he's... He's got to be telling one eighty-fifth of the story. <laughs> she politely asked me to go check on a dog. I couldn't fit it in, and then she goes, "I hate you. <laughs> you hate my dog. Never talk to me again. You barely love Jesus. Stay away from my house. <laughs> Don't stalk me. That's right. My doors are unlocked. Don't he's go in like, there. Do we go to the next level? <laughs> yeah. No, no, you don't. <laughs> so we're off for Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you want in life? Do you want the the guy with the dry sense of humor that's not really funny, or or like an an oblong octagon that just kind of roly-polies everywhere and goes, you know, I think she might be upset at me. <laughs> you think so, Fred? <laughs> well, I mean, either that or these, you guys are perfect uh, because the guy, obviously, this didn't land as hard as she intended it, and maybe she needs that because she's she's harsh to deal with. His, his tag is confused in Colorado. <laughs> About what? <laughs> that <seemed> pretty clear. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. I dump you. And I don't even... <laughs> I ain't met you. You're hard to get along with, friend. <laughs> and she's obviously using him. Yeah. I, I mean, you but know, she, the first time he says no, she's like, you're out. Yeah, no. but once you find somebody that's willing to do kind of your bidding, don't you put up with a little bit just because they're going to continue to do it? You know what I'm saying? If he's good for running that dog out four times a week for yeah. the last two years, and all of a sudden one time he splits, you're like, forget this. <laughs> then you lost your dog walker. <laughs> Yeah, it's, both of these behaviors seem odd, but I, I I feel like the storyteller is really old. Maybe they're back. perfect for each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe this is a this is an opportunity. So I would say that we're obviously missing context here. If if I if this is the whole thing, if this is the only thing I have to work with, uh, then you I I mean you just say, hey man, I'm sorry you feel that way. I just couldn't make it today. Uh, I'm still glad to help you out. Just let me know. 
yeah. and I'd probably just drop it. And then, like, here's the deal. If she's so mad, then she won't contact you, and no problem. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But if she's over... Here's the thing. It's like, again... Uh, massive problems happen. Craters in the world occur when two people decide to both be a horse's behind at the same time. And so let's just presume that she's significantly overreacted. You don't have to meet the moment that way. Don't you overreact and mm-hmm. then see what happens. Let's check again tomorrow or a week from now. And then maybe we don't have to, you know, stay in Andrea's fault the thing. She'll come to her senses. If she doesn't, then you righteously handled it without acting like a turd on your own account. And then uh, she's not going to call you and you're safe. You got the same outcome without acting like a doofus. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what's the, isn't there a strong indication if this is not her normal behavior and you receive this email back, you're like, whoa, something's going on. This is way out of bounds, right? So, like, your instant reaction would be like, I, I feel like I should go over there and see what's up. Like, this is, you know, and if she continues to, like, yell at you and, and, and kick you out or whatever, then yeah. you're like, well, I gave it a shot. I guess we're done. No no big deal, you yeah. know? But, like, if this is not characteristic of her behavior, I actually might be a little concerned <laughs> that she's not doing very well, yeah. right? Because this is way out of bounds for I mean, the way like, that you described it. There was, they were, they've been together for, for years, or was it? What did he say? Or am I confusing did he just that say with the years? other one? Uh, I've been interested in a woman for several years. During that time, I have dated her and helped her with her house. He hasn't said whether he's currently dating her. So it's kind of a off. But but she she dumped him with an email. Yeah, it wasn't even like a call. Yeah, once again, this dude is like a mixture of a of like a a fog and a really dense soup, right? Like he can't. He's got real smoky trues going. You know, like I have. I've been interested in a woman for several years, and I have dated her and helped her with her house. Okay, that does seem stalkerish. Right? Like, yeah. are you like currently dating her, or how I think long is several years? Range floater guy. He's, he's Colorado. A, he probably yeah. owns one of those pot shops. I think he's gone all through life being some kind of amoeba. <laughs> you know, he just like melds himself to whatever the situation is, and then and then tries to re-explain it. And everyone's like, "What actually? What happened?" Or, or maybe she's not aware of some of the way that he sees it like he's been interested in her meanings he stalked her he did work for her because she hired him as a legit plumber <laughs> and like he just talks about it as if it's the same relationship but they're two separate we basically items. dated yeah right yeah in fact yeah if you read back her email walls. it sounds like he's a hired dog walker <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, this works. look at it as a perspective <laughs> uh from, from as, as if he was just a hired dog walker okay i'm ready okay thanks fred but one thing i'm sure of anyone who isn't a friend of my of my dog is no friend of mine Where's your Christian service now? Mm. I don't want you to check on my dog or me ever. You are a selfish guy who couldn't take five minutes to drive on a 60-degree day, and I hope I won't hear from you ever again. I wish you all the best. Enjoy sitting around taking care of you yourself. Wait, is it 60 degrees Celsius? Because otherwise, what is the big concern? Yeah. It's See, 60 degrees. He's, he's, he's pea-souped this thing. It feels like he said, it's a little cold out. I don't want to venture out the house. Like, he had to have said something for her to bring up the temperature At of the 60? day. I think she's just pulling every guilt string she can. Like oh, what? Like like maybe she's saying, "Hey, it's so nice out. Why didn't you enjoy this?" St-? I don't understand any of this. This is really unfair <laughs> because the way he's written on. the letter, I massively mistrust this man, <laughs> and I assume the woman is wearing a halo of some kind. It's a perfect angel. That's <laughs> really unfair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like her. Yeah. Okay, let's get uh, secular's advice. I mean, okay. I love her. Uh, secular says Dan went too far there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I've been interested for I've years. I've been interested for years. <laughs> it's classic. I clean out our gutters. Classic eighties, Dan. <laughs> Okay, uh, Segular says, because this is how your self-centered lady friend reacted when you told her you couldn't come when she whistled, it's a shame, for your sake, that she didn't say it years ago. What you should do now is take her emails to heart, follow her instructions to the letter, and don't let her hear from you again. She's bad news, and you can do better. Much better. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, here's the thing. Like, when people act out of character, uh, sometimes, to Mike's point, like that's often the right time to invest, not defend. 
right? Giving like, her too much credit because there has to be a reason. And again, if she's this is, manipulative, Dan's okay. I mean, if it's the second time you saw it, I, like I said, just handle it graciously. Wait a week, go from there. Yeah, let it stew like a nice scoby for a kombucha. Yeah, something they something have apps. You can hire people to to walk your dog. Yeah, I have a feeling he's un. Here's what I really think is happening. I think he's unemployed. I think he sits around doing nothing, mm-hmm. and then I think that like every once in a while she'll call him over and see if she can uh, get some help at the house and maybe take care of the dog. And then knowing full well he's got nothing going on, and she's like uh, paying for dinners all the time and making sure the place is upkept. Uh, she asked him to come over and do a thing real quick. He's like, ah, I got a lot of brewing right now, and she's like, You definitely do not have a lot of brewing. You're unemployed, and you eat dinner at my house mm-hmm. all the time. And so I think she just had enough. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know about that. Hey, what do you think? Maybe maybe you, we've given out bad advice here. Maybe Have you ever run into this situation where a guy wouldn't go help your dog on what is like a nominal temperature day? <laughs> and you got, so, you got so fired up. A reasonable time to be out. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm worried about the dog in normal temperatures. Um, and here's the thing. He's claiming the name of Jesus, apparently. And so uh, I, we might have to follow up with him just as a man-to-man. Yeah, I mean, does it feel like maybe he said, hey, I can't, I can't make it. As a good Christian man, I want to stay at my house. Like I just, yeah. I, the terms of how this came up yeah. are super interesting. I don't want to find my parka. I just I'm put it in sure the water. I'm pretty sure that he's at the uh, food uh, kitchen and he's he's feeding people. Right, 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 right. right. That's why I can't do it. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. maybe the lady is crazy. Dan's right. He's monitoring for jaywalkers. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's say you disagree with advice. So here's the deal. I'm just open it wide open. I mean, anything you want to talk about, you call the live from the path, Bob Eisenhower complaint line. That's five one five five one seven zero zero. Eight five. That's five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Bob Eisenlauer, live from the Path Complete Line, and uh, we'd love to hear from you again. Maybe you disagree with our advice. I'd love to hear about that. Maybe you love Todd Gordon. Now, I, it's, I'm 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 serious on this picture thing. I don't know whether he's going to send me the picture. Okay, so this is dependent on <laughs> picture of Todd with the long hair. But if you send, uh, what what did I say you had to send? Uh, the picture of the mullet. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. You text me the word mullet. Yeah. And I will respond with a picture of Todd Gordon's uh, mullet hair if he sends me one. I feel if at least three people do this, we have to do it. Yeah, Todd Gordon, I feel like... Oh, boy. You're that, take- I mean, that's like uh, 50% of our listenership. Yeah. I t- and I mean, it sounds like your wife's willing to do all kinds of things, and so I'll call her... <laughs> Uh, and if she's not, my son will. That's good. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to get a hold of this one way or another. So let's let's do that. So um, I, I think I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll call the dice here. Then uh, big thanks to Todd Gordon. Todd, thanks Thank for you. coming down. Yeah, Todd had to travel. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we're loving. It. It's great to have you in there. Uh, and again, you can catch up with him at toddagordon.com. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll plot a show for the for the coming weeks. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path.